Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back or welcome to the Building Efficiency Podcast presented by Nenny and Associates. I'm your host, Jim Schaefer. Now, if this is your first time tuning in, Nenny and Associates is an executive search firm focused on the building efficiency industry. Hence why we named the podcast the way that we did. And simply put, we help our clients find the right talent. Each week, we sit down with leaders from the industry to discuss their backgrounds, how they got started, and where they see the industry heading. We also get to know our guests and find out what drives them to be successful. And on today's episode, episode 105, we sit down with Nick Bagdonis. I've known Nick for quite some time now, so it was a neat conversation, great opportunity for us to reconnect and talk about his career and how he eventually landed here in the energy savings performance contracting space. And I think this is really a unique episode because Nick is one of the few leaders I've come across who have successfully made the transition from outside of the performance contracting industry. And hopefully this can be a replicable template for other ESCOs in this space as well. And Nick, of course, walks us through really the backbone of Quandle Energy Solutions and how they're going to market today. And as usual, be sure to stick around until the end to hear about Nick's daily non-negotiables, which uh, one of them was something that I have yet to hear on the podcast so far. So that was pretty uh, That was pretty cool. Now, if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to our channel and consider downloading this episode and future episodes. This is really the only way that we can track how many people are listening. So uh, if you're still streaming the episodes, I urge you to consider hitting that download button instead. Now, if you enjoy this conversation, please share it with your network and recommend to a friend or a colleague in the industry. Now, we think you're going to really enjoy this conversation with Nick and me, so let's drop in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast. Today, we're sitting down with Nick Bagdonis, who is the uh, project executive with Quandle Energy Solutions. Nick, welcome to the show. Welcome, Jim. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad we uh, I'm glad we made this happen. So uh, I know you've been in the uh, I guess you're relatively new to the energy services space. Uh, we could certainly get into that, but for our uh, for our audience out there who's not familiar with you or, or with the company, I know we're we're going to be excited to unpack that. But tell us a little bit about your background, kind of where you grew up, and how you got started in your career. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I had a, a pretty interesting path to to get where I am today. Uh, you are 100 correct. I think in the Terms of the uh, the energy solutions performance contracting space, uh, you know, very very much green uh, on the construction side of things. Uh, I've been I've been in it for about uh, 19 years now. After college, kind of dabbled around with uh, you know what I was going to do with my life, and ultimately landed in a startup con- mechanical construction HVAC uh, process piping company. It was a friend of a friend needed some help. I was delivering paychecks, picking up parts, sweeping floors, and uh, you know, really just started getting involved in the construction process and just fell in love with it. Um, had a growing up at a small uh, residential construction background, uh, family businesses, uh, but nothing really, uh, you know, in the magnitude that what I was was seeing uh, in the in the position I was fortunate to get. And I ultimately enrolled in a the contractor I was working for at the time was signatory with the United Association uh, Pipe Fitters Plumbers. Uh, enrolled in an apprenticeship program and sucked in every amount of opportunity and experience I could over the next uh, five to six years. Uh, stayed in the field for a little while. Uh, you know, hit the recession of uh, 2009 really took a took a turn in, on, on the construction industry. I was fortunate that I was able to write out some longer term jobs. Uh, but as those jobs started to wind down, you know, the, the opportunity started to diminish. Um, and I decided it was the roller coaster of construction was 
uh, not as much fun as it was, you know, when I started and, you know, the ebbs and flows are, are part of the beast. Um, so I, uh, fortunately, uh, during my time in the field, I was, I was working at a, an air products and chemicals facility located in Eastern Pennsylvania, uh, especially chemicals plant that was here. I had some really good contacts, ultimately, uh, applied for a position that they had in their, uh, corporate office and, and was fortunate enough to be hired and, uh, came on as a project engineer for our, the cryogenics division uh, operations. Spent 10 years at Air Products, a couple of different roles, project engineer, uh, area maintenance manager. Uh, and ultimately, I spent the last uh, three years as a manager of construction for the U.S. Got tired, uh, spent a lot of time traveling, uh, a lot of time in airports and hotels, and uh, ultimately just decided I, I needed a break, uh, wanted to try something different. I also had an interest in, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, a definitely different in environment in the corporate world versus a family-run construction company. Uh, you know, your ability to make a lasting impact, uh, your, you know, your direct impact on on the overall success of opportunities is much different in both scenarios. So, you know, I knew at some point in my career that I was going to step back out of the corporate space and into a more, uh, you know, family-run type business just to, you know, to, to give, to give back something that I, I felt like I had, I had, uh, you know, received through my career. So I started looking around and I, I found Quando Construction, which is, uh, has an office in Pottsville, Pennsylvania, which is seven miles from my house, you know, just kind of applied for a project manager role with them to kind of get the foot in the door. And uh, the rest was history. We spent a couple of months working out what was the right opportunity for me, for the, for the business. And it was a big change for both Quando uh, to, you know, accept me and, and for me to make the move to, to Quandle, uh, and ultimately, uh, came on board in, uh, July of 2022. And, uh, I've been here ever since, uh, since I came on board, I've been, uh, taking on more and more responsibility and leadership for our, our newly developed, uh, Quandle Energy Solutions, which is, uh, why I'm here today. Yeah. All right. So, you, so let's take a step back for a second. So you were 10 years with Air Products, right? Okay. Yep. And that was that was coming out of a union type environment. And then at what point did you uh, do you go back and get your MBA? Uh, so midway through my air products career, I was. Okay. Uh, it's a great question. Uh, you know, a couple. I actually during my tenure at Air Products, I I took on uh, some you know increasing responsibilities and leadership levels. And Air Products was a notoriously uh, engineer based company. And I was an engineer. You know, I had a, a bachelor's of arts degree in criminal justice. Um, I had a, you know, a, a CM degree, associate's degree I picked up while I was going through my uh, apprenticeship program with some partnerships that the UA had. And then uh, I, I needed, I, I felt like I was missing something, whether it was an engineering side of the of the fence or, or the business side. And I became more focused on the business side. Um, I, I really enjoyed understanding why we were making decisions, what makes us profitable, uh, you know, not not just not just emotionally reacting to opportunities, but really understanding how uh, decisions were driven. Uh, so in 2017, I uh, applied and was accepted to a local university for my for my MBA. And two years later, I was completing the program and walking across the stage. Yeah, I think the the best part about doing that, you know, going back while you're in the middle of your career or the uh, the upswing of your career is like being able to apply that real life experience. So, and that's the other piece that I kind of wanted to get into. So, one of the main topics in our industry and in ESCO and energy performance contracting is is typically we don't see folks that come into the industry from outside, especially at the leadership level. So, I know location played a huge part into you landing in this role, but what were some of the discussions like with the ownership, with the leadership 
that help them get comfortable with you coming in and making this transition from outside of the ESCO industry? Because I'd like for other leaders to hear this as well, because sometimes uh, the industry gets very um, fixated on folks that come from direct competitors. So maybe you could just tell us a little bit more about that or those conversations. Yeah. So I, I think it was just the perfect storm of opportunities, right? It was less about uh, having that, that uh, you know, that long history and resume of, of being an ESCO and performance contracting. And it was more of, uh, you know, where I, where I wanted to go, where the, where the company wanted to go and how we were able to synergize on those opportunities. Right. So, uh, you know, the ESCO, the quantum energy solutions only came to fruition as, in May of 2021. So uh, the, although the, the team that was building up the energy solutions business had, you know, 100 plus years of experience between uh, engineering roles and business development roles and project roles. Um, it was it was still in its infancy. So I brought, you know, from the air products experience, I was able to bring in some uh, different ways of approaching projects from a larger corporate standpoint, uh, much larger scale uh, and, and drive that, you know, take some of those work process pieces and, and try to implement them into the, the quantum practices. Um, but from a quantum perspective, you know, it was. Uh, it was equally as new for them, so there was there, there was a, a real fine balance of making sure that we we both had the the, the same mission in mind, which was to take a, a base essentially a startup energy services business and, and make it successful, right? So it wasn't so much of uh, me being the expert in the energy solution space; it was taking more of an approach of understanding what the the construction cycle is like, understanding what an energy solutions project is, what a performance contract is understanding uh you know some of the new technologies that are out in the marketplace how we can advance the business and be the head of our our competition um and then and really relying on on my team as as the experts of you know the design and the full fundamental details of what goes into the an escrow project and performance contracting of itself so really you know based on it was just the perfect time it was uh we both had you know synergistic views we were, were headed in the same directions and and re- it was just start line that day Perfect. Okay. Well, let's put a post-it note on new technologies. I think that'll be a good discussion for like the uh, the third part of our conversations. We talk about the evolution and where the industry is heading. But in the meantime, um, let's stick here with Quandl for a second. So tell us a little bit about Quandl Construction, uh, sure. just the overview of the organization. You touched on the history and, and kind of the background there. And then, um, and then, yeah, maybe tell us a little bit more about this, this energy solutions group and how you guys are going to market today. Sure. Uh, so Quandl in itself is a uh, Quandl is an enterprise. Uh, there's five companies that make up the enterprise. Uh, we're a, a regionally based uh, construction company uh, headquartered in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, it's been in existence for 142 years. Uh, we're in the fifth generation of leadership. Uh, you know, started in 1882 with Emil Quandl. Uh, so I'm currently right now. I'm taking this podcast from our our, our Minersville office. Uh, this is where it all started. Uh, Minersville, Pennsylvania was uh, where, you know, just around uh, down the block was a, a, a kiln, a lime kiln uh, and, a, and a building supply store uh, ultimately transitioned into a uh, construction company. Um, our fourth generation uh, president, CEO, uh, Noble Quandl, uh nicknamed Bud, he he took the business to a whole new level. Uh, you know, he, he introduced uh, CM agency contracts in Pennsylvania. Um, he really he had a, a he was a great visionary for expanding uh, opportunities in the construction space to be successful outside of the standard general contractor uh, models. Right. So uh, fast forward to 2020, 
fifth generation uh, CEO takes place, Greg Quandle. Uh, 2021 introduction of, of Quandle Energy Solutions directly connected in Greg's Greg's mission to uh, you know make us separated from our competition. Right? How do we improve our clients' best interest? Uh, so currently today we have uh, a couple of offices: Harrisburg, Pennsylvania; Pottsville, Pennsylvania; Minersville, Pennsylvania. Uh, we're in Scranton, Pennsylvania, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and we have a, a loan office down in Aberdeen, Maryland. Um, we have some uh, construction management companies. We have some general contracting companies, two self-performed companies, uh, and then our and our newest to the fleet is the Energy Solutions Company. Okay, yeah, and I, I would imagine in uh, Eastern PA in that region, Minersville has got to be aptly named. Right. I mean, there's there's got to be some history there, which, um, you know, hopefully our most recent guest, um, Leslie Pope, is from that area as well. So maybe she can she can tune into this one as well. She'll she'll appreciate the uh, the geographic footprint there. Well, good. All right. So so tell us, obviously, our audience is going to be very familiar with the uh, the strategy, energy savings, performance contracting. But maybe tell us a little bit about some of the markets that you guys are going after and just kind of your overall philosophy and, and approach, because even though the, the model is the same, I know every ESCO kind of has a different approach. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, what makes it unique here at Quandle is that it was kind of a natural evolution uh, to get into the energy solution space, right? It was uh, both uh, generationally driven with with our new CEO and president, uh, you know, but is still very active. Uh, his office is actually just on the other side of this wall. But I, I think one of one of Greg's biggest uh, attributes is he's always looking for the next solution, right? And it's always, it's, it's, it's about, uh, applying the opportunity to assist our clients. Um, and with all of the general contracting experience that went into the current company, you know, we offer a very unique set of skills where we, we've we been the general contractor on, on these projects over and over. Uh, we, we've we've managed in a, as a construction manager some of these energy solutions projects. And now we're able to to bring the full package of understanding the full the full gamut of construction from start to finish bringing in the opportunity for the energy solutions, be it, you know, uh, a tax incentive ba- driven base or a, a straight up performance contract, um, you know, a creative uh, a energy solution to a problem, uh, really, really making that, that, uh, that, that box full, right? So it's really leveraging the uh, experience that we've had before uh, in the general contracting space and, and turning that into adding one more, you know, one more uh, uh, hook on the coat rack. And it's, it's a, uh, it's a, it's 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 a very interesting conversation to have when we're you know we're talking to clients and customers and and really being able to take the the full swoop approach at uh you know w- what is what is us doing this MEP scope how's it going to impact the rest of of what's going on in the in the areas right so really uh you know it's it's a neat a neat time and in a, a really full circle for full circle group I think um, you know from from us uh, from the Quantum Energy Solution there's always been a a part that's always Quantle's always dabbled in the space in, in some capacity, you know, whether it was as a construction manager for an ESCO project, uh, whether they were, you know, they installed a, installing biomass furnaces for hospitals, right? There's lots of opportunities where we are, we're crossing paths and getting into the next space. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, uh, you mentioned new technologies earlier, and maybe we can go in that direction, or maybe you want to look at it a little bit differently. But when you think about the future of the industry, let's just say, you can say construction, energy savings, performance contracting, energy efficiency, the industry as a whole. You know, where do you see the industry heading next 5, 10, 15 years? I, I think we're, you know, from our lifetime perspective, uh, I, I think we're at such a unique 
unique transition in, in, in all of, you know, whether it be construction or, or ESCO projects uh, with, with the current state of the energy transition, right? There's so much money being invested from uh, in public policy uh, that we're, you know, we're seeing energy opportunities. We're seeing, uh, you know, the, the, the changeover from, um, from, from onsite generations, um, energy improvements, um, and tying that into ESG goals, it's kind of overwhelming, right? It's there's there's so much happening in the space right now. Uh, trying to prioritize what makes the most sense uh, for us for us is, is really the challenge. It's always that that next you know the next apple that's on the branch or the next shiny shiny object, and making sure we stay focused on where we are. Uh, right now, you know, what we're really focusing on uh, as our business is. Uh, emphasis on capitalizing for our clients on what the IRA or the uh, uh, the IRA is offering as far as tax credits, right? Uh, what can we do for energy improvements that they can see the most benefit from? And getting, uh, you know, taking some of that mindset out of the public space and, and working with our private partners uh, f- to achieve their ESG goals. Uh, but you know, really, really focusing on that that low hanging fruit that's right in front of us right now with with all of the public policy changes that that, that government driven incentives to to make uh, real impactful changes on what we're doing um, as far as the market going forward you know I, I think that uh that's gonna the IRA funding is going to carry us for a few years uh, I think there's still a lot of people that are either skeptical of that it's uh it's too good to be true uh you know this can't really be happening this doesn't really exist uh, or, or you know perhaps not really bought into the energy transition it'll take some time uh, and really you know there's still a even though it's two years, two years signed into signed into law, it's still uh, new, right? There's still a lot of clarifications that are coming out of it. There's still a lot of nuances that are changing and, and definitions coming around what what's out there. So, um, you know that that's going to eat up a, a good part of the next couple of years. But looking down the road, um, you know, I think it's the the, the common concept continually is um, energy as a service. You know, right? I think there's a a real need in the space of uh, looking at larger institutions that have slowly aging uh, systems in place, you know, looking for uh, not finding, not being able to find full workforces, uh, you know, to maintain and keep up with those buildings are looking to shed some of that responsibility and also sheds the financial burden, right? It's a, you know, you take it off the, take it off the capital, uh, the capital books and, and turn it into a service and, and focus their efforts for those larger institutions on what they do well, right? Not worry about running their boiler plants, not worry about how they're going to get air conditioning, but folks that know how to do that, do that, right? So that's, you know, I think that's that's the the, the 10-year plan once we get through some of the the energy changes and, and get into that and and really focusing on, um, you know, aside of the energy the service, I think uh, on-site generation, uh, supplemental power sources is going to, you know, continue to thrive as we as we move forward. Yeah, I think the the energy as a service stuff is is huge, and that's been a consistent theme on the on the podcast here the last uh, you know twelve to eighteen months. So there's there's got to be a lot of a lot of truth to that, and a lot to, a lot happening in that segment for sure. So uh, that's no, that's really solid insight there, Nick. So let's transition to the last part of the show. I'm going to ask you the same four questions I ask every guest who comes on, and wanted to lead off with what are your daily non negotiables? Interestingly, one of them is pretty new. Um, you know, so I, I used to be a Alarm goes off, get up, get a shower, and then go. So about a year ago, actually right around maybe a year and a half as I was transitioning into this role, I made some some very focused mindset shifts. You know, and now every morning I have a 30-minute window where the dog will sit on my feet, I uh, drink my cup of coffee, and uh, I, I enjoy uh, puzzles, uh, you know, crossword puzzles, 
uh, Sudoku puzzles. So I've been on a recent kick of the New York Times mini puzzles, you know, the mini crosswords, the connections, and Wordle seem to be my 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 spark for the day. Uh, it helps me uh, helps me wake up. Um, it helps me get my my brain going. Uh, but it's also uh, you know it's it's something small. They're they're short and easy. Doesn't take a lot of time. Not that they're easy, but I can complete them, so I have a sense of satisfaction at the end of the day. So that's a good way to start my day. Uh, a couple others for me is uh, I you know always making sure I say goodbye to my wife in the morning. Um, I spent a lot of time on the road uh, throughout my career, and you know we spend a, a reasonable amount of time apart for because of, you know some job related things. But you know I always make sure that w- whatever whatever state we're in that day, whether she's sleeping, whether she's awake, whether she's mad at me. Um, I always make sure that I have a you know a chance to say goodbye before I walk out the door, um, and then uh, playing with my dog. I always make sure I, I'm committing you know 15, 30 minutes of time every day to whether it's uh, you know standing and watching him run around, throwing him a ball, but you know giving him the attention that he deserves. And then you know, the last thing for me is bedtime. Uh, I have a I've been very strict with myself on uh, my wake up routine and my bedtime to keep consistent hours of of how I operate. So shut my my startup and my shutdown time need to be functioning oh, that's great no i i uh sounds like you got it pretty squared away there no i haven't heard of the uh the puzzle uh no. startup morning routine that's uh i could imagine that being very impactful so that's that's good stuff i'll have to uh I'll have to give that a shot myself all right so let's uh let's rewind the clock what advice would you give to your 22 year old self i think the first thing is don't be so hard on yourself i uh you know for, for me so I, I when i first left home and went to college uh, I thought I was going to be, you know, I, I was studying political science. I was contemplating law school, uh, got into my junior year and didn't want to study for the LSATs, just kind of lost interest. Uh, but there was a time, you know, before I before I kind of landed in the construction space where I was really dabbling around and just trying to figure out what I want to do. I was, you know, I was selling selling beer uh, for a local wholesaler for a while. Uh, you know, I was I was in landscaping and I tried substitute teaching. But I was I think I was really hard on myself during those years because I felt like a, a little bit of a failure. Right. I think I, I came out of school and all of my friends were off, you know, right into right into their careers. And, you know, here I was moving back to Pennsylvania and, and really not really sure what I was going to do. Uh, but, you know, I, I think had I stepped back a little bit, what I was doing was finding what I wanted to do. Right. So, you know, instead of taking those couple of years and being. Uh, you know, being just tough on, on, on myself, I, I, I actually was a reward in the end because I really found in that time, I found what I wanted to do. Uh, And the other, I think the other advice is take the risk. Um, I think when I was, you know, as I got older, uh, you know, just some, due to some life circumstances, um, it's easy to get comfortable. It's easy to just go where you're, where you feel safe. Um, but you know, evaluate where you're headed. Uh, but don't be afraid to take the risk. You know, everyone's going to make a mistake. You know, don't make the same mistake twice. Definitely don't make it three, the same mistake three times. But, uh, you know, take the chance. Uh, go out on the limb. Uh, you know, just dive into it and, and and see where it takes you. Yeah, I think it's easy to get caught in that trap of, like, just thinking that success and career progression is going to be linear. Right? But oftentimes, like, the most successful people that end up making progress later on, like, they usually have a nonlinear path to get there. So I think that's... Uh, that's good stuff there. So, uh, what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Aside from uh, the puzzles, you know, we, we know that gets you, that gets you going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that gets me going. It doesn't get me out of bed. Uh, yeah, I think challenges, right? I think the the one thing that drove that drew me into the construction space, project space, uh, is is the uh, is the amount of challenges that we face on a daily basis, right? Nothing is ever the same. Uh, you know, the, the science and technology behind it all. 
uh, I've been cleaning out my garage, uh, moving some stuff around. I found an old textbook that someone gave me when I started my apprenticeship program. It's about hydronics and and uh, you know thermo some thermodynamics and some tensile circling pipes and you know the, all the science that goes into some plumbing and pipe fitting. Right, that stuff is exactly the same as it was today, but how you apply it is so different. How your outcome is so different. What you encounter along the way, and that's those challenges and, and finding solutions to those challenges is what keeps me motivated. It's also I think what drove me you know to Quandle, uh for this for the energy solutions opportunity. Right, it was a a chance to jump into a, a, a very stable and and happy company uh, with a challenge to start a new business that's, that you know that they're focusing uh, real resources on, right? So I think that was aligned with what my mot- what motivates me on a daily basis to to what keeps the company driving is 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 really important. All right, last question here: What do you want your lasting legacy to be? This is always an interesting question, right? I think. The one thing for me is that I, I left it all on the field, right? I think that's uh, I don't want anyone to ever doubt that uh, that I that I didn't that I was giving anything less than a hundred percent. You know, I, I often joke with friends, and we actually were just having a, a Facebook banter this weekend between a couple of folks about you know it's it's okay to work on the weekends. It's not it's okay to not work on the weekends, but it's it's about what you give your what effort you give during that time, right? It's I, I don't I don't ever feel bad if I'm playing golf at two o'clock on a Friday because I know that I gave it 110 percent as I as I was going through and, you know, take the take the break. Right. So, you know, I think when when all when all the dust is settled and and there's a you know, there's I'm not left here. I think as long as I'm remembered for, you know, giving it 110 percent, I think I'll be happy. Uh, additionally, I think one thing that's that drives me uh, is is a uh, uh, mentoring. I think I had some really, really good mentors throughout my career, uh, and I also want to make sure that you know I'm setting up the success of of whether it be this business, uh, the construction industry as a whole. You know, I I really have value in taking those lessons that I learned and and turning them back in, uh, feeding them back to to the newer, younger generation of folks, and you know, continuing the cycle of of success. So that's that's pretty much that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's a perfect way to wrap up the show here. So Nick, thanks for being. A- a guest on the Building Efficiency Podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Jim. It was great to catch up. All right. All right. There you have it. Episode 105 with Nick Bagdanis. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did enjoy it, please be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you enjoy listening to your favorite podcasts. We hope you're sharing this with your friends and colleagues. And one last thing, if you have any future guests in mind from the industry, please reach out to me. We'd love to hear from you loyal listeners. So until next time, I'm Jim Schaefer, and we'll catch you on the next episode.